0: Welcome to episode number 38 of Line of Sight. My name's Chandler. I'm here with Jaden again. How's it going?
1: It's going well. Painting my last champ in the first unit. Yeah. Excellent.
0: we've got Brett here. I (laughs) play (laughs) Crucible Carriage. Do you? (laughs) He's just trying to get everything nerfed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Not as badly as some people on that forum are, though. No joke.
0: No joke it has been exciting so uh yeah we are so, Chandler,
2: the, so Chandler asked me what uh, what we should do for a topic today and I said you know what I have assassination <laughs> on the brain because I haven't been able to stop stop talking about assassination and CID for the last week
0: yeah and I had to ask Brad doing what specifically because I didn't need a rant
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes and, and, not that's I, yeah,
1: the and, and that's World how World. I got in charge of uh, putting together the <laughs> points. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do want
0: to. Well, I want to pass over the just the week two CID changes just to knock them out there. But uh, sure, uh, they'll,
2: uh, they'll I've quick. never been more disappointed. in changes in my life it's
3: it's it's
0: baby steps i was expecting more stuff but they they said they're taking measured steps i guess
1: so well and i mean i think that the immunities are just going in completely the wrong direction so that's me
0: i think they're just continuing to run sideways (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is which is not useful like, it's just like yay <laughs> so we're continuing to side grade <clears throat> forever.
1: but well let's let's go over like what changed
0: for sure um but i just want uh-huh. to touch on general news first um sure. so we had the stuff from the legion primal terrors cid went live
1: yep uh, as uh well surprises as... there because proteus hey, we're...
2: We're su- two surprises right Nope, yeah,
1: Typhon, Ty- sorry. Typhon became 20 points instead of 24, <laughs> and the Archangel's point cost went back up. Oh, for, for reasons unknown. Uh, uh, I mean. <clears throat> oh, yeah, and the Hellmouth thing.
2: Yeah, the Hellmouth thing. Yep, which is good. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I actually want to talk about this. Um, someone on the Reddit was complaining that I can't believe they nerfed the Hellmouth this hard. You used to be able to charge out a command and make an attack and then pull them in. And I'm like, uh, no, I don't no, think that's how it works. I pulled so, up the rule book, like, oh, yeah, my mistake. Sorry. And I'm like, he just apologized gracefully on the Internet. I, <laughs> yeah, I have like, no idea you, how to respond to this. What do we do? Yeah. <laughs> but,
0: yeah. But I, I kind of joked that after when the Probable Terrors 1 went live, it felt very much like the CID. It was just kind of like, oh, that's out now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I agree with all these decisions. Yeah. yeah. Seems, seems good. Yeah.
0: it's Good yep. stuff. Nothing in there seems like blatantly broken. So I was like, all right. Yeah. Well done, CID. <laughs>
2: Uh, I, I do
1: enjoy that you can no longer get jammed by Hellmouth tentacles, though, because I've, I've had multiple yeah, yeah. games where it's been like, all right, my <laughs> Hellmouth te- runs all six of the tentacles from the two different units to the edge of this zone, and you cannot get in.
0: You're right, you just can't get in anymore. <laughs> yeah, just make a wall. And I'm like, uh... A wall of, like, impervious Flash models, so, like, you do need to, like, put something into killing them <laughs> Yeah, it's that, like, like... You can't just, like, pop something into them like, it's, yeah... Um, for anybody who was curious about what that change was, if, if the Hellmouth's tentacles run out of command at any point, um, they are RFP'd instantly.
1: And so. if they are placed out of command, so you can TK them around and kill them. <clears throat> yes, that is
0: true. <laughs> Accurate. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And otherwise it was, yeah, lots of little, there's tweaks to some of the beasts and stuff and then all the new rules for the, the new Primal Terror stuff. So yeah. that's exciting. Also the holler got added into Krill Company. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Yay.
1: Which uh, just makes me more sad. For that which Kroak Company needed
0: more love. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a, when I read that theme, I was like, good God. Jaden was like, look at this theme. Like, I didn't know what Crow <laughs> Company did. I read it and was like, that is not a good theme, Jaden. <laughs> no. no, it's terrible. It's so bad. <laughs> what if you could so only mediocre models? And it's like, ah, oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, and the war wagon. Restricted <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, what other aside from Cruise Guard week two do we have another like news news
1: monster apocalypse?
0: Yeah mon- monsterpocalypse. That's something I don't have I don't know much about it.
1: I It's not something I was around when that was a thing I guess. Uh... Um, it's It's causing <laughs> a weird amount of controversy because of the way that it was handled before. but <laughs> essentially it looks like you and your opponent each have a big stompy robot monster on a city and you're trying to kill the other big stompy robot monster thing. It seems cool. I, like I, I I like the concept, and if it's I'm just intrigued. like I
0: can get a big stompy monster and like a few little things, like sure, yeah.
1: Like oh, and it's uh, not it's not blind boosters anymore. No. Yeah. Yep, and uh, they've confirmed that the parts of Monster Apocalypse models are legal for War Machine conversions. So <laughs> that's neat. That's neat. I yeah, feel like yeah. that.
0: I feel like the monster they had on like the monster side needs to turn into a Blightbringer or something at some point.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're so too small funny. for that, but. Yeah, sure. Yeah. bad stuff dude. It. It's fun. But, like, Maybe you that. can now have, like, I don't know, really cool-looking Signar or Crucible Guard or Merc or whatever jacks with yeah. Monster Apocalypse stuff attached to them.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, the other thing we've got written on news is IMC for Chandler. Yeah. So, I went to the Intermountain Cup this last Saturday, which is in Pocatello, Idaho, which is really <laughs> the, the happening town of the world, but... Uh, the venue we had it at was super sweet. It was, little, frankly, better than where we've had it at in the past, and the, uh, the bathrooms dude. didn't make me need to, like, go get quarantined. Um, uh, uh,
1: in fact, yeah. they were really
0: nice. They're actually very, this is kind of a random topic to get onto, but <laughs> the bathrooms at this particular, like, weird mall thing that this game shop was in, really cool. They have, like, a <sighs> weird, like, almost castle-looking entrance. It was really nice. Neat. I was like, this is randomly cool. It's just nice. the bathroom. Nothing else looks like this, but...
1: I mean, <laughs> considering that one of the main complaints of our entire Utah gaming group was the bathrooms at the store the that used to Bay be. Yeah. Yeah. It was horrifying.
0: Um, I was like, so these aren't septic, so that's nice. Uh, yeah. Um, I went there and I took Grimkin, and I was like, all right, the only thing that's going to be really rough is if I run into Nemo 3 on Spread the Net. Round one, Nemo 3, Spread the Net.
1: Highlighted <laughs> by probably the best Signar player there. Yes. Yes. Uh,
0: So, um, however, it was a very, very close game. It was, like, super, super close until dice on both sides, like, went all over the place. And I rolled six Snake Eyes in one game.
1: Yep. Uh, (laughs) One turn. Song said you rolled five of them in one turn? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) uh, Two two of
0: them against one Firefly. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and Sung also said that he rolled something on the, the tune of an average of 15 on three on, dice.
0: On dice off nines, I consistently took four to five damage from lightning yeah. lightnings. Uh, from from dice off nines, yeah. Consistently was like <laughs> four to five. Um, so I had like a skin of bones that I was like, he might live. Like it was gonna be, it's going to be really close, but he might live. And then he took like 20 damage from Electroleaps at arm 21. And I was like... Never mind. (laughs) He's he's super dead. (laughs) Um, And then, like, lots of things, like, almost every jack I went in on got left on one health. Mm -hmm. Like, almost every single one, which is really annoying. (laughs) Especially when it's Fireflies, who are still doing stuff by just being Mm -hmm. there. And Dynamo, who finished out the death knell that closed the game with his everything broken but my spear yeah it was good um (laughs) it was good times uh yeah i wasn't like salty about it it was it was a really really good game it's just one of those ones where if dice had been skewy on one side i think i could have fought through it but it went for both of us and it just is what it is um yeah uh i did that and then i I, the next few games were so i that was heretic because that's the problem is i have to drop heretic and not old witch and Heretic on Spread the Net is like, what? Um, <laughs> well, my yep. Heretic Dark Menagerie list, specifically. Yeah. Um. And then, second round, I played... So I'm going to... I'm terrible at remembering names. I, I have all of... Everybody I played against names. I met a ton of Line of Side fans. Like, yeah. literally, cool. like, everybody. <laughs>
3: it was nice. kind of crazy.
0: Um, it was, yeah, it was really, really cool. I got to meet tons and tons of uh, really awesome people, but... But I'm really bad at remembering names. Um, but round two, I played against uh, Lilla 3 with Old Witch.
1: Um, that sounds that, like a bad time.
0: Yeah, that went about how you would think. Uh, she couldn't really shoot anything properly. Admittedly, her dice got a little scary when she just decided to go for a trample-into-my-face assassination run. Because <laughs> um, it's kind of hard to avoid getting, like range on like one Angelius, at least. Like... Because they go very far, <laughs> um, so I was like, "Well, she can shoot at me and she can charge me with one Angelius, but I'm not really actually that worried about that." I was camping like three or four, I think. It's like I think I'll be okay. He rolled pretty good until the Angelius went in and missed five times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, My God, needing sixes. Now this is the thing. He was well. He was like well out of like reasonable chance to kill me at this point, but it was still. It was just like insult to injury. Like I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, but it was just yeah it was like a few Angelii and like a lot of kind of single target things trying to fight like sixty dudes and
1: under Underwind under wall right y- yeah or windstorm or whatever it's called now yeah
0: and and uh, like Raptors stammer
2: for to... the win
1: yeah right yeah
0: needing like sevens <laughs> to hit my trash yeah. infantry yeah and then, <laughs> yeah um, and then uh, what was the other thing it was like uh, Raptors trying to fight Hollow Men now. Raptors will obliterate them if they can kill the Lantern Man, but if they can't, which under Windstorm is very hard for them to do, Hollow Men just slowly eat them alive,
1: and there wasn't really nice anything yeah. to do about it. Because uh, the Raptors need like sevens to hit, right?
0: Uh, they need. I think that's correct.
1: Okay, um, and and they get five shots, and then the and they die on to, average to like yeah. two man CRAs. Yeah, so so and they kill they kill like three dudes, yeah. and then they lose two dudes, and you get two dudes back, and then they right. kill two if dudes. They,
0: if they um if they have like if they have range, shoot at me, and then back up. They are exactly in my shooting range. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's that's as far as as men goes. So it's like yeah, um yeah, it was a really really rough matchup. Um, I made a couple of mistakes in that I didn't swap in my. Uh, Glimmerimps for some reason. There was a reason. It was I needed. But so I spent the entire game just trying to roll eights, but I got like 9000 chances at eights, so it didn't really matter that much. I'm like if I just put enough dreadrots into that model, it'll die eventually. <laughs> Um, yes, because I can't blind it, him. I think that was the problem. Is I was like, I'll just blind him. And I was like, oh, this is Legion. What was I thinking? Like you can't yeah. really
1: that's not an option. Well, and I mean, like when you're attacking Arm Seventeen models of Powten Ten Weapon Masters, you will just straight up kill them if you hit them twice or three times. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a really rough, really rough matchup. Um, round three, I played into this. This game was actually really entertaining. Um, uh, it was Hexorus One in uh, Masters of War with, like, 50-something Praetorians. Yep. Um, he had, like, a unit of Karax, a unit of Keltari, two units of swordsmen, and uh, all the attachments, and a couple of Tycoms and a whole bunch of stuff like that. And I played Heretic into it. Um, I had a whole lot of dudes to kill with very few models, but I had a... Uh, he randomly... So this was kind of fun. He feeted Because so I have seven dreadrots. Or I have six dreadrots in there. There's just a minute of dreadrots in that heretic list. And that's the only thing his feet, like, can really do anything to. Because um, he, like, takes them over and makes them attack. Um, he took over one of my dreadrots and swung at another one of my dreadrots and missed. And I triggered Fortune's Path off of it. <laughs> <laughs> Of my own dreadrod attacking me (laughs) and I was like, nice (laughs) Um, that felt kind of good I was like, that was was a little silly but I'll take it Um, and then my one of my rattlers proceeded to kill ten Karaks. yep Um, he rolled really good like under shield wall and an agonizer I need eights to kill them the hit roll's not bad Um, And I need eights to kill them specifically because I had Fortune's Path up. Um, And I didn't have Fury up because of a weirdness with the the order of activations. But um, he just nailed it anyway. (laughs) He's like, sure. I just rolled like a bunch of hard eights until I got into their back arcs and then they weren't in Shield Wall anymore. And I was like, man, it seems fun. (laughs) Um, So he just kind of killed everything. And then the other Rattler killed a bunch of stuff and then... And then his caster died, because there was nothing left. So, yeah. But it's... I really enjoy that type of game. I love that very low model count, trying to fight, like, just a million things. But you have the tools, right? So it's just a really positioning game. Um,
1: Especially because, like, the Heretic's got so much infantry control in his spell list, too. Yeah. Uh,
0: And the last game was into... uh, uh, I have suddenly... forgot. Bradigus, That's what it was. Um, Mm. And... I should have dropped my other list. We realized that I we t- I talked about that with multiple people afterwards and even halfway through the game I was like, I dropped the wrong list. <laughs> my <laughs> other list would be better into both of his lists. Um and the scenario was like very, I don't remember which one it was, but it was like a eh, I could go either way kind of scenario, so I was like, eh. um so uh that was a very I have never lost this many models with that old witch list. Like, never. <laughs> Usually, when I do lose, it's because, like, something is somehow able to kill Old Witch, like, at a weird time, and I yeah. still have, like, half to two-thirds of my army left. Like, that's pretty much how I've ever lost with that list. Um, this one, like, I had sub-15 models on the table
3: yeah. at
0: the end, but, um, this game, like, it was super close. There was a bit of a clock issue that I don't think anybody felt super great about, um, especially because the game came down very closely to clock, uh, this is kind of a weird situation, but, um, the big lucky moment, dude, Madcaps have just been the world to me lately. Um,
1: <laughs> they are my favorite models. My I, I, I,
0: I've had some serious luck with those little bastards. Um, so, it was a very slow grind, just trying to, like, chunk through all these world Watchers, like, very, very slowly. I, I killed both his Guardians in one turn, which I didn't, I he didn't expect me to do, but I was like, I actually hit really hard when, like, I want to. <laughs> it's just, world Watchers are awkward, because I can't, like, commit the resources to one of them to, like, yeah. So Shadows. Like, it's not very efficient. Um, uh, but a Guardian, like, sure. Um, and, uh... There was a World Watcher on... I was a little bit ahead on Scenario, but I was I was down on Clock quite a bit. And there was a World Watcher on four boxes who was kind of sitting, and he was going to go contest a zone. He had two World Watchers left, and that was all he had. Um, and he was going to go, t- go contest a zone. And uh, the other World Watcher decided to kill my Madcap.
3: Oh, no. Was and this Mad- before the other
1: one had activated? This is before the other one activated. Uh. So <laughs>
0: he killed the madcap and uh, it rolled the hard 9 on damage I needed to kill his other world Watcher. Uh. <laughs> and he didn't notice that I had an entire madcap unit in that zone too. Um, he didn't think I was going to score it. And so he actually was able to clear a zone with just Bradicus, like doing some shenanigans and score. And the way he scored, if I didn't score that zone, I would have lost the game. Outright. Because I, hadn't, I had, like, no time on my clock. Um, wow. But because he... Uh, because that World Watcher died, and I still had that Madcap over there, I scored one as well, uh, which meant I only needed to score, like, th- uh, like two, actually. No, it was, I needed to score three. So I just ran... Bradicus was the only model in that zone he was in, so I just ran a whole unit into that zone. <laughs> and kept Old Witch in my zone and just ended my turn and was like, all right, I score three, which means I, went, I had nine seconds on my clock. <laughs> So that's why, like the fact that there was like a there was a clock concern where the clock got left on me for a while, and um, Trevor uh, Christensen, who runs who ran the IMC, was he we we talked about it and I was like I think you know I I gave him the number I thought I was at and he thought it was different but he was like I'm gonna go with you because I think you were paying closer attention so I was like okay but like nobody felt super great about it it kind of sucked but yeah um, so I ended up taking 11th overall uh it was a really it's a really good event imc is always fun we had about 50 people there which means it's picked up from the past
1: so. oh that's awesome
0: mm-hmm. wow yeah yeah it went really well uh it's we there was back when i originally started going to imc it was a good like 60 person
1: type event yeah but, um it's died down a little bit uh and, and, and once again the canadians won
0: <laughs> yeah 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 we had a uh, the finals North and semifinals finals were one of my utah buddies and then three canadians and
1: Yep. The, the three <laughs> really? Canadi- well Apparently. one of them's one of them's a Washingtonian, but yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I asked him about it. Apparently he uh he dropped Nemo three because he didn't know what Kol did. Like <laughs> Who did? Didn't.
1: Oh Richard did it?
0: Yeah. Uh oh. he, he hadn't played against Kol Grimma, he had no idea what she did. And so he was just like, Yeah, Nemo three seems good and dropped it and then he's like, Colgrimma and he's like, What'd she do? and looks at her and goes, Oh <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. All, all three of those Canadian dudes are in my uh my extended meta, I've played against them quite a bit. They're good guys. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so I was IMC. It was a good time. Uh I took 11th overall, but I, I got to meet just a whole bunch of really awesome people. It was, it was a lot of fun. And to be honest, in a way, I sort of won by not going to... They cut to top four. Mm-hmm. Um, that top four game ended at, like, one in the morning. And I <laughs> yes. had, like, a three-hour drive home. Yeah. So I didn't feel too bad about having to leave it. like seven, <laughs> or like six, or whatever I left. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, because in the top four, it was like two trolls, a signar, and a scorn.
0: So it's, it's just like, like that. Yeah, the grind. Like, these are, are going to be some
1: grinding games. Yeah,
0: for sure. Anyway, yeah. so, yeah, that was that. I don't want to spend, like, forever on it, but um, before we go on to rule of the week, I wouldn't even do this if it wasn't so short, but I'm just going to go over the Crystal Guard week two. Sure. Um, it's pretty, pretty quick. Uh, Lucas, they just rewarded Juicer, it does the same thing. Um, it just is less confusing, because it was really yeah. weird before. Uh, Syvestro, they're bumping up the cost of transmutation to three, so that's just to make, um, having to use his pre pre-fure- f- pre furification. wow, free purification, <laughs> uh, more costly to him. because um, as it is, he does have a lot of upkeeps, but they're really cheap upkeeps. So, yeah. like... Having to drop him isn't a huge deal for him, but yeah. um, now with transmutation casting three, I think that really pushes it into the realm of like, do I really want to purify? Because that's.
1: Yeah, I think this is a great change. It's it's like yeah. it's a it lets him keep it. the spell, but it no. balances it out because he doesn't want to cast it ever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, last change. She's less of a. She doesn't blue screen the game anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's neat. Um, um the it's field actually a huge change. It is. It's really really big. It's because so it, that, it
2: doesn't trigger on focus or fury
3: spending.
0: Yes, it, which it's a lot worse. Um, the so field marshal precision is changing to precision strike. So specifically now, it just works in melee. Which the fact that they tried to give precision strike to guns on a whole battle group is madness. So I mean, it, obviously it was just testing. They want to see how it played out, and uh, it it's still kind drunk. of madness, but it's still really really I'll, good. I'll but it's still it's it's not like I mean and you can say what you will about like her and convergence, but like in Crucible Guard, I was like, man, just like two Vindicators just sniping out Cortexes seems really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> seems like a whole lot of dumb. Um, and then her feet, uh, it's a mess of text, but um, basically when somebody casts a spell in her control range, she gains a focus point and can immediately cast a spell for free. And, um,
1: during their it still activation. has the purification effects. Yeah, and it's only... yeah. yeah. Yep. And the, that does still
3: well, right? cast a spell during yes.
1: its activation.
2: That's yeah, yeah. so, yeah, it's, it's, you're welcome, that's so that we don't get the, the infinite lock. lock. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so this is, yeah, so basically whenever somebody casts a spell in her control, now, admittedly, this will be very silly in, like, very specific matchups, and you're like, Ron, you're like, oh, I get so many spells that don't do anything, because all you guys have force barrier, but whatever. Yay. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, overall, it's much, much weaker, however, they have noted that, and they kind of noted the fact that, like, some casters do just have really not great feats, but will typically have a really strong kit. Her
2: spell list is... Madness! Like, yeah. Really good. Matt um, 9, Jackhammer, Prime Axiom. Yeah,
0: I mean, even... It, some people said, like, she's probably like one of the like the worst caster in Crucible Guard. That might be the case, but the casters are all pretty good. Um, yeah. And I was like the threat ranges she gets are just stupid like absolutely yeah, yeah. stupid
1: and and she's one of the better casters in convergence at her yes. current iteration yeah
0: so, so it'll be interesting to see i honestly like her being crucible guard and convergence is an absolute design nightmare like <laughs> i would not have wanted to do that and so kudos to them for trying i guess it's going to be interesting i think she will probably be the most
2: changed model by the end yeah. of CIT cuz I, I i love that um her worst spell in Crucible Guard is her best spell in Convergence.
0: I know, it's funny. Engine Destruction is a complete <laughs> waste of time.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> like, in Crucible Guard, you're like, oh, she gets to, like... I mean, like, with the debuffs, like, yeah, she'll go kill a thing, but it's, like, not... I don't know. As a guy who's, I saw her stats, and I was like, as a guy who plays Resnick 1 occasionally, like, I know that this is not good stats. Like, she will, <laughs> she will die to anything looking at her too hard, so...
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, Liberator, they're giving it Truesight. Um,
1: this is she, the node.
0: Yeah, a lot of the time getting something to true sight is I was like, wow, but uh, this really is like. It doesn't, doesn't have, have it through a gun. Clouds. Right, it doesn't have a gun, so it's just kind of like. It's just for line of sight purposes for the Arknan. It's good. Like, you know, it's it's, a, it's objectively better than not having true sight, That's
2: Actually, <laughs> okay. why didn't they give it breather? breather? Uh, huh.
0: like, like, give it an alchemical mask?
2: Yeah, yeah, that one.
1: Oh, yeah, uh,
0: that's I an interesting that be idea.
1: Better.
2: Yeah, that's
1: thought. That, yeah that's, yeah, that's probably a really good suggestion. Because I mean, the model it, has one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just saw <laughs> I, I'm I'm really mad that its alchemical mask is on its face and on its spoiler.
0: No, not like they have like a really goofy looking mask of it. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. <laughs>
2: on the boiler. that's where it should be. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. Next thing down, the heavy infantry, assault troopers and stormtroopers. They just cut tough off of them. Um,
2: it, it's not enough. Just, I mean, that's but...
0: that's fine, but it
2: doesn't change. It's a fucking it, non-change because it because morally gives it back to them. Yeah, it's true. For a turn. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, you have to take. I don't know. There's a there's a cost associated. Oh no, with, I have like, to take
2: I had on Holt.
0: Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Chunkier, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like it's yeah. I don't know. But um, I, I don't know. I I I don't. I thought it was interesting when they said that uh, a lot of the problems people have been saying is that these guys are too durable. I didn't.
3: That's yeah. Not what I, I was I like, got. assault
0: troopers seem like they just sort of die, like once they're up close. Yeah, and admittedly, I'm, yes, their defense can get quite high. Like, yes,
2: stormtroopers right. are too do- terrible because they're never anywhere be- because near they're because
0: they're, they're a mile Earth. from the fight and have this. right? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, all they really yeah. need to do is have to be closer, you know, or just be lower pow. They should be like pow twelve. Um, anyway. Uh, the this was funny. Uh, the Crucible Guard infantry officer in standard uh, bumped up to speed six because that's the speed that unit is. <laughs> um, it was a typo. They were speed five. Yeah, for it's just the flag favors. actually.
3: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah,
1: it's just the. Band. I mean, yeah. the uh, the blood hag used to be speed six and the seven
0: speed Texas
1: unit. Yeah. So that you're
2: that is nuts, true. and this flag
0: doesn't do anything. <laughs> that's true. But, well, yeah, no, yeah. we have mage static. Um, oh, yeah. the, the only anti <laughs> magic in the whole action. Yeah, pretty much.
1: Mage like, um, is a really strong ability, though.
3: It I is
0: mean. Good, though. So I've seen a lot of, that is kind of onto a whole other topic, but I've seen a lot of discussion about, like, why would you even take Crucible Guard infantry when you have Rocket Man? Like, There's actually a lot of reasons. <laughs> <laughs> um, Whites of the eyes is really good. Yes. Fun fact. Like, because somebody, I remember the other day we were having a conversation about what what Crucible Guard does to answer Cetixis, because it's not that obvious. A lot of their usual anti infantry actually doesn't work very well.
1: You, you just um, bring Crucible Guard Infantry.
0: You bring Crucible Guard Infantry, or, like, Prospero with Retaliators would be really, really good. Because um, mm-hmm. it's, like, boosted Rat 7s, Sprays, you know. But but I was like, Crucible Guard Infantry should just, like, absolutely shred, like, a lot of Satixas, of like, just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, especially under any kind of, like, Silvestro or, or Gearheart or
1: anything like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And they have to pray Force Barrier, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, 100%. like, years. if you can snipe out their CA, which
2: Early, which is is, is not doable. that hard, yeah, yeah well, well, doable. It depends on how many arcing fire attacks you have. Uh, uh, the answer is a lot. Uh,
0: I have uh, minimum ten. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, I mean, to be honest, though, most of those are not gonna like hit. <laughs> um. But just one has to. Um. Yep. Rocket Skydrop got reworded a little because it's a really messy.
2: They just wanted to make sure it was clear that if they lost flight, they would still ignore cover and concealment.
0: Right. It's it. It said flying models, which, technically speaking, they they, they mentioned this. flying models don't exist, but models with flight do. When you're talking from like a mm-hmm. game rules design perspective, so they just reworded that. Right. Yeah. Um, Morley uh, bumped up a cost, so he <laughs> went from three. He went from free to slightly more expensive free. Uh, <laughs> four points down. I mean. Probably. To, to be I, fair, I, there's, there are, I've found there are a lot of things competing for those free spots. Um, so.
2: Yeah, like seven point alchemists.
0: <laughs> well. Or in no, six point rockets. Theme.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So he, the, a lot of the time he does end up getting paid for, cause it's like two six point rockets and then like, if you have like Hutchuck or Prospero or something, then it's like you are paying for, for more Lisa. Um. Yeah, uh, transfer went down to cost three. That's really good because and and they fixed the stupidity about it being able to push its own models around,
3: because
0: um, <laughs> that's a little silly. Uh, that's good. I, one, I think baby. they they made a comment I really liked in the little dev talk today um, about how they're starting to kind of realize more about how people value combat solos as far as like free points versus not versus like what their cost is and
2: whatnot. Like the Didn't transfer is. take your suggestion and add them to the counting for free points? No.
1: But they should. But they should. For every theme. If,
2: if transfers were still... Yeah, if it's transfers were still... To me.
0: I don't know. If if transfers were still cost four, but counted towards three points, I'd take them. Like, because that was always the problem, is when you took, like, two or three, you're like, oh, I could take, like, a unit that, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, has, like, a, usually a similar amount of utility <clears> for the points, but, like, it works towards free points. I and mean, that's why I play Paladins as much as I do. If they didn't count for free points, you wouldn't be able to run them. Yeah. Like, you just... They just wouldn't fit, you know, as good as champions of the wall are. Like you might have one in lists, but you never be able to run two. Mm-hmm. Um, Prima materia, uh, they're just changing one of the benefits. So it's the war. J- it was originally warjacks and battle engines get advanced move for every unit you have. Um, they're changing it to just uh, plus two inch deployment, which is still really good. But um, the battle engine thing was
1: thoroughly madness.
0: Sold, so yeah. When I realized that you could just walk up and just shoot their AD line, I was like, "Ah, eh, that's not okay. <laughs> it's like, this is this is not this is not good." Um, so yeah, although I think I think Jk can still do it.
2: Nope, you're wrong. They changed Mechamagus. They changed um, what? For every twenty points of Crucible Guard units and solos, get a free stuff.
0: Ooh, I didn't notice that. Hmm, that changes things.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, they took your suggestion. Nice. And you're all
0: like, yeah. yeah I didn't even, No, I didn't notice that change. They didn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, they didn't say it. It says Gorman and Hutt check have been added to the army comp, which is a suggestion I made as well. Uh, but a, f- a handful of people did. And then second benefit has been clarified to indicate free weapon crew units don't count towards benefit. So I didn't actually say that in there. Maybe it used to say, and I just didn't notice. But I feel like it wasn't. No, it didn't. We, but they changed the. Text no, I see. It. I see that it has changed. I'm just saying they didn't say that it did. So that's why yeah, I didn't notice.
1: Right. Weird.
0: Interesting. Well,
2: thank cool goodness there. for that.
0: Yeah, go me. Now,
1: yeah, now I, just I convince love, them to do that for every other theme force in the game. I know.
0: I love combat solos that count towards three points are wonderful, um, and they add a lot to your lists. Like, mm-hmm. you, you can do so
1: much with them. Well, because um, a lot of the time you end up at, like, five points or s- four points underneath that threshold, and you're like, I don't want to cut any of the units that I just put in there. Right, I
0: don't want to put in, like, a 12-point unit. Yeah. you know, yeah. Like to find, like, that weird, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's good. Uh, well, and then... You can't take Morley and Lily's Resistance. <laughs> uh-huh.
2: You wouldn't do much.
0: And they uh, seriously nerfed it because you can't take the Attendant
1: Priest either. <laughs> what, what What Morley would... Oh my gosh. Morley would be no, absurd in Lely's Resistance. He's not friendly faction to
0: anything. But that's the problem. He's not friendly faction to like anything. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, except for like that <laughs> unit he's on. Yeah, yeah. Um, which would also be like not friendly faction to your army. Yeah. <laughs> it would be, be very weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then tweaks to immunities that we're not going to spend a whole bunch of time talking about, but... Um, as we could. It, we could. Um, they're thinking about basically changing it into carapace for elements, so it's plus four armor against whatever elemental type, and then immune to the continuous effects and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, it's a change. <laughs> <laughs> we're not fans. It's, it's a small step backwards, but it's still a step backwards. Yeah, I, I think... I've said it before, this is all I will really say on it right now, but I've said it before, this... They want to make a simple change. There is not a good simple change. <laughs> I just don't think that's findable in um,
2: in a while. Um, grounded in no other change.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, to, to, yeah, the, issues, I to the issues I have.
2: Yeah, let's just
0: play with immunity, electricity. But, um, <laughs> but like, as far as like what they're wanting to do. Uh, I don't see how you do it without screwing over some models and making some models better, you know, like, than they should be. Like, it's it's always,
2: like, a weird give but or you take. know what? Because you know what faction has been tearing up the scene? Protectorate? Kruger with Druids.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. Kruger with Druids. I mean, Tom Guan's been tearing it up with they're all the like, Druids.
2: A, let's do a
0: mass nerf to Druids. I gotta get them <laughs> off the table, man.
2: Yeah, I like everyone's like, look at what this does to Druids like, they're already... Awful. It's like awful. They're just slightly the way, more awful now.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we should awful. we should move on from there because we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Let's talk about our rule of the week. We're doing that again. It's been a while.
2: Okay, so like I said, we're assassination themed. Uh, yes. So this time we're mm-hmm. going to talk about how to do how to score tiebreakers with assassination. Uh, I yeah. think we're going to get it wrong. Just going to make it fun. <laughs> it, makes, it makes it more so, exciting, right? Yes. So when a caster becomes assassinated, um, you get ten extra army points for killing them. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's still true. Um, their warjacks and warbeasts become inert, but you do not get credit for them?
1: Correct. That is a change.
2: Yes. Um, you score army points as they, as they stand on the table, um, using the normal rules. Um, and then you also score scenario as if the turn ended right then and there.
1: Correct. Yep. However, because the opposing warcaster slash warlock's battle group is now inert or wild, they do not contest. Correct. Yep that's how that works
0: yep so yeah if you're gunning for tiebreakers trying to get control points and stuff if you have a pretty assured assassination it is worth it if you have some models that aren't contributing to that to just kind of run them
2: around and get them it like is official a line of sight policy that uh, tiebreakers do not
0: <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i i don't do that i understand that there are occasional situations where it's like well your strength schedule was identical and everything was identical so if you'd had more control
2: points but like yeah <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's not worth the
1: extra brain power.
2: Yeah, I just example, don't worry about it. You have no control over. Um, yeah. so, and that's the more important tiebreaker. Um, mm-hmm. So it is not worth thinking about or wasting any time on. Some people are very yeah. passionate that you need to spend
1: all of your time getting every tiebreaker possible. But I'm just like, eh. uh, In team events, I will do that. Yes. That is the only time yes. in which I will mm-hmm. do that because then it does matter. Uh, like at uh, ATC <laughs> when I was playing against Haley 2, I was I had a, almost 100% assassination. And I was like, my opponent, I'm going to kill all your models and then I'm going to kill your cast. And he's like, okay. He's <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. Just resigned to his fate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But yeah, other than that, yeah. Wait, we have policies now? Is that a thing?
0: Uh, yeah, we're going to start making our policy list soon that we will be posting
1: <laughs> for sure. So, no. The is like, <laughs> Excellent. Alright,
0: let's go on to our actual like topic. It's not yeah, like a super lengthy one, but it's definitely
2: a well, good one to think about. I think it would be a super lengthy or super lengthy topic for any podcast but ours. Okay. Yeah, no.
0: I, I, none I, of the three of us
2: play for assassination. It's true. Uh, <laughs> was,
0: yeah, I was a little right. on board with that.
2: Um, <laughs>
0: no, I play Crucible Guard now, though, so that's I true. Just assassinate all day.
2: I just kill your caster. It just happens. You don't play for it, though. Yeah, you don't have to. It's <laughs> good. Gosh. Civil War. Civil War!
1: Those memes will be continuing to appear on the uh, Side Facebook page, by the way. So, <laughs> um,
0: so the first question we've uh, got, or first bit we want going to talk about is how to recognize when you've got a good assassination run. Um,
2: install odd, odd machine. machine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. like, seriously. So, something to consider is the the flaw assassination is the um, as compared to attrition plays that even good assassinations are like a 60 70 percent chance most of the time unless your opponent like completely screws up yep yeah um, so like like I, uh, one thing that sticks out in my head is when Jaden was playing on stream and he pulls out she's like 94 percent I'm going for it if, if they give you something like that always go for it but most of the time you're you're going to be weighing is it worth the 60 70. Yeah,
1: and I mean, even looking... You're talking about my uh, Champions game? Yeah. Yeah, even even looking the, back at that in hindsight, I'm like, that was the wrong play. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, I, I killed his entire unit of champs, he had literally Kalandra, and that was it. And I was like, I sucked the Dreamer out there for nothing. I could have just killed his entire unit of champs, healed all my beasts up for a bunch, and moved the Dreamer back.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um... One of the things that I think about when I'm like lining up an assassination run, and this is because i played quite a bit of chess in my free time, uh, they, they have something called the Rule of Three. It, it takes three power pieces to checkmate an opponent's piece most of the time. Um, and it's kind of like that for War Machine 2. You can't just rely on one model, usually, to <laughs> kill your opponent's caster. Um, yeah.
0: obviously this a, is a bit when it's different. When a Matt 11, PS 22, Blood of Martyrs.
1: C4, sure. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and this is, this is different for, for warlocks and for warcasters. Yes. Um, you can have one model kill a warcaster. No problem. You get the damage high enough, it, it happens. For killing a warlock, you have to have enough attacks equal to their fury plus like three. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. And I mean, that usually takes multiple models.
0: The way, like... Yeah. This isn't strictly true, but the way you can kind of think about it, just as a very quick check, is if you if you think about, like, I have X number of attacks, this is what all my attacks are, and they've got three transfers, Can I? am I still likely to kill them if my three biggest attacks are not there? Yeah. Like, are just not in their health. That isn't always the case, because some people will actually just eat attacks until their health is low before transferring, which, it depends on whether that's a good idea or not, but, um...
2: Yeah, yeah we'll talk about that a little yeah. bit, but, yeah. Um, it's not super impactful. Um, so yeah. one thing I want to talk about is the, actually the beauty of the design of uh, Warcaster and Warlock defensive stats and war Machine. I think it's actually one of the secret best things about the game, mm-hmm. um, because their stats are specifically high enough that it's difficult for standard models using standard attacks to do anything. Um, but if you, but they're also not so high that if you get quality attacks into at them, uh, that they they'll always survive. So like they're at most of the time like the average warcaster warlock um, stat is 15 15. Um, 15 is well out of the range of unboosted attacks hitting, Um, but it's in range of boosted attacks hitting. Um, 15 armor is well out of the range of non-boosted damage, uh, like doing significant amounts because they have like you know 14 to 17 boxes. Um, And (laughs) the, the really cool thing is because their defense is high and their armor is high and they have a high number of boxes, um, you need you need multiple reliable attacks, like we were describing. It, it generates oh, yeah. that scenario where you need you know, two or three backup plans just in case, or lots of dice fixing, like rerolls or signs of importance, in order to get to happen.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but the interesting thing is the difference between having even 17 and 14 boxes, as Ashley can tell you, is huge. So if you want to start setting up an assassination early, put a quality attack or two into their caster and chip down their boxes. Like, a caster who's on 17 boxes and a caster who's on 8 boxes is a completely different ballgame.
1: Yeah, and it, it's like it's similar to the idea of softening up a heavy before you send in another piece. Um, if your plan, like, you know for sure that this game is going to come down to assassination, and sometimes you know that because, like, the is not in your favor or your opponent's list counters yours really well, and you know you just got to go for this at some point, um, you can... Think about it. Instead of like putting another five points into their heavy, which probably won't matter if this is your plan anyway, um, mm-hmm. put those
2: five points into their caster. And yes, and, uh, and like, you have to be really yeah. careful with that decision because a good way to
3: win games,
2: uh, looking at this from the other perspective, is to let your opponent go for a bad assassination. Yes. Because any any assassination attempt that comes short of winning the game is just completely wasted. So a lot of games um, I would play with Kruger 2, back in R2, I would set up a scenario where the Stormwall uh, was clearly in charge range of Kruger, but it had, like, a 20% chance of killing him. So I would take an 80% chance to get a free Stormwall at no cost.
1: Yeah. Yep. And uh, this is... Um yeah, that one takes a bit more finesse because, like, you have to play quite a bit and start. Either either you have to do the math every single time, or you have to have played enough to know that your odds of surviving a particular assassination run are pretty high. Um, and this can also actually be a tactic to like even out the peace trade. If you are down a heavy, um, you can use your caster as sort of that pseudo extra heavy to initiate the peace trade, and then <clears throat> retaliate and be up then.
2: Yeah, if you have a normal number of war deck points, and your heavy can, or your caster can contribute to pan heavy, um, that puts you way ahead. Mm-hmm. Which is
1: a big part of the reason why where casters like Orca Two, Chromac Two, uh, Virus Two, um, those kind of casters that can just kill heavies. Butcher Three, for example.
2: <laughs> you notice that I think all of those have a, a armor stat of eighteen.
1: Um, Chromac is seventeen, isn't nope. he? No, he's eighteen. Two, yeah. Okay, then yes. <laughs> and Borkas is really like twenty one. <laughs>
2: <Yeah. laughs> yes. So yes, uh if your stats are extraordinarily good, um it's it's a good it's a good tactic to bait out assassination like this. Mm-hmm. Because um if your opponent goes for an assassination and it doesn't work, and hopefully the odds of, are in your favor for that, um yeah. then you're you're missing out attrition. So that's <laughs> That's really why assassination is risky in the first place. Yeah.
1: So so typically, uh, let's talk about this for a couple of minutes, because like, it's a topic <laughs> that a lot of people don't consider. Um, typically, when I'm setting up to bait out an assassination from my opponent, I'm going to put one of their heavies, or whatever they're using as their assassination run, in range to get to me. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to make it take a little bit of work to line it up. Not tons, but a little bit. Because...
2: Like, would would you say that you break the rule of three? Like you make uh, sure that only one yes, piece
1: gets. Them? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I make sure that my opponent can only get as many resources as I want to on them. This is a lot easier in Mark Three than it was in Mark Two. Uh, mm-hmm. I can pre measure the threat ranges. Um, but like, for example, uh, I played against Tom Guan at LVO in twenty seventeen, and I was playing Wormwood into Baldur two, and he had a Storm Raptor, and I could not handle that Storm Raptor unless it came to me first. So I Left Wormwood on like three transfers, and I maxed out his armor at 21, and I put it in charge range of that Storm Raptor, and nothing else. Nothing else could get at me. I blocked off line of sight to him from the pure blood to no sprays, and uh, Tom went for it. And because he did that, I was able to start the peace trade in my favor by killing off Una, who was controlling the Storm Raptor, and mm-hmm. go from there. Um. So yeah, you break that rule of three, you make sure that your opponent can't get all of the resources they need to get into you. And this requires knowing your opponent's army really, really well. Because mm-hmm. C- if they have like an extra place effect that you didn't think about, or uh, a speed boost, or some right. way to like knock your caster down, for example. Yeah. Um, you, you lose a lot of games if you bait an
2: assassination of like I knock him down. Like
1: <sighs> Yeah. <it's> yep. <laughs> yep. Um, but if you start to get a feel for that, and this comes with practice, uh, you can like, you can. Well, I mean, it puts a lot of opponents on tilt when you do it too, which uh, is helpful for winning games, but doesn't necessarily make for fun games because um, they'll be like, "Oh, that should have worked," and in your head, you can be like,
3: mm,
2: "No." Well, okay, let's let's talk about uh, let's talk about um, uh, heuristics in order to help you calculate um, assassination odds without using odds <laughs> Okay. I mean, I'll just use Oz Machine still, but sure. <laughs> but um but I mean for like quick checks. Um so one thing I like to do is um I have the the chances to hit of like six, seven, eight, just, just flat memorized. Um so like if you're going in and you're not boosting, it's like, okay, so if I need sevens only, you know, sixty sixty eight percent of these are gonna hit. So let's say, you know, seven out of ten. So if I make five attacks, three and a half of them are gonna hit. Will three and a half hits kill this caster? Uh, yes. Okay, so that's a 50 50 right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I use, I use rules of thumb like that. Um, yeah. A really important <laughs> one is re- relying on a crit and you have two chances at it, say with a reroll. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're boosting to hit, um, the, and your chance to hit is reasonable, um, the chance of crit is between like 36 and 42. Um, yeah, if you get chances at that. Yeah, if you, if you get two chances of it, um, you do one minus, um, and then you square that, so 0.64 times 0.64, and then you do one minus that, so you got about a 64% chance, I think. Uh, something uh, like that,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, no, it's better than that. It's, it's 74.74%. Okay.
2: I think I did for 0.3, so. Yeah, but yeah. anyways, so if you're, if you're relying on a crit, that's actually pretty high odds. Um, but then the most important thing is if your assassination run relies on that and then average damage which is a very common thing um that means you're you're immediately down to a 30 percent assassination because Mm -hmm. average damage only happens Mm -hmm. at the time this is really important to remember
0: this is a this is a big uh new player thing actually and i've seen some people who've even been playing for a while who haven't just like wrapped this in their heads like a seven is average that means it's effectively a coin flip Yep. That doesn't mean you should get it consistently. Nope. Don't, exactly. don't rely on sevens.
2: Yeah, I, I think the the most interesting way to look at my progress as a player is um, what I'm willing to, <laughs> to what number I'm willing to roll. So
3: when four. I started, I'm like, uh... I'm good. At,
2: I'm good at rolling, so I need sevens. <laughs> so I just roll them all um now then like a couple of years later i'm like well i think i boost sixes now <laughs> nowadays i'm like oh man fours those are pretty unreliable i mean yeah to <laughs> yeah
3: seriously
0: i'll take fours most of the time but if it's my caster casting a spell i'm like yeah i'm boosting that shit <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> yeah like absolutely
2: snake eyes uh Hellmouths all the time
3: yeah
0: because mm-hmm. if it is i've i've had those i mean i had that with resnick one a while back i was playing into a Hyperion. And I was like, all right, just got a brand of heresy, that guy, and he's screwed Snake Eyes. And I was like, good. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that happens 1 in 36 <laughs> yeah. times. Well, yeah. And up with Worm a bad example, because you cast, like, two or three of them a turn. Sure. So it's like, it like, happens 1 in six. If,
0: yeah, but it's important to think about that, though, because some people talk talk about, you know, I was, you know, I was saying earlier, really, like, I got so many Snake Eyes in the game, and it was abnormal. But you roll a lot of dice in a game, and, mm-hmm. yeah, Snake Eyes pop up on those approximately 1 in 36 times.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, consider... consider... If your opponent has, say, 30 models, right, and more than half of them—well, rec- say about half of them—require multiple hits to kill, you're you're going to be rolling a minimum of like 70 to 120-ish dice rolls in that game, which means you should reliably get about two snake eyes and two box cars in a game. Yep. Um, which is like you don't go into a game thinking like that at the beginning. However. Of it.
0: If you haven't had a Snake Eyes in a while, that doesn't make one more likely.
3: <laughs> Correct. fallacy. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Just because you haven't seen a number in a while does not mean that the Dice Gods are waiting to give it to you. No,
1: unfortunately. Um, but you should go into the game, like, you should go into every game expecting to see two to three Snake Eyes, two to three boxcars, and then a huge spectrum
2: of everything else. Yeah. Unless you're playing Morvana two or something else with massive re rolls or dice yeah, fixing. Yeah. And then you're saying the it's screaming. It at you. Very,
0: yeah, it becomes very different when you're starting to look at things like signs of importance and Star and star crossed and yeah, yeah, and that's part of why like dice manipulation is so strong. Mm-hmm. Um when you look at like uh take like Ashland's feet is a really good example of just like one of the most ball breaking dice fixing like Feats in the game, or just effects in the game.
1: Yeah, and it's um, such a simply worded feat that to, to somebody who doesn't think you about know, it like that, it, it doesn't seem the, that strong.
0: The increase of how many times you snake eyes on Ashlyn's feet is insanity. Like, it's crazy how much it's, more often they'll come up.
2: Basically, one in six.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, really high. And so you're sitting there, like, even if she brought a very low def army, you're like, oh, I just need, like, threes or fours to hit. That should be fine. And look, I'm rolling so many dice. <laughs> <laughs> the dice, Those dice are trying to kill you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: effect, yeah. like and, and the opposite <laughs> is true. Like, I think the odds of critting on her feet turn every roll are close because to
0: 70%. It's absolutely massive. That's part of why, like, you'll see lists with her that are entirely designed around crit effects,
2: because you can totally do that. Like, Miela <laughs> with her, are the actually. First army, a, first army I built in this game.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I have an Ashland list that I'm. Trying to try out that is actually wrong eye with uh, two swamp horrors because I'm like I want to get those crit dismembers, dang it, and tear <laughs> off arms of colossals.
0: As a, as a guy, as a guy who has eaten one of those crits to a warp wolf before, like it never feels good.
1: You're yeah. Like he's very unlikely to kill me, and
0: it's like crit. And you're like ah, oh, like ten damage. You're like oh god. In addition to my damage roll, you're like,
2: oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah, <All> okay, <clears throat> yep. Um, I think I think we should get back to assassinations. <laughs>
0: Oh probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean we're we're talking about dice odds which yeah feature into that, but
2: um so one one thing I like to do when going for assassinations is if I have a knockdown or a freeze effect or something, um, go for that first and then I can divert away if it fails.
1: Yeah. Especially
0: especially if it's not something like huge. You know, like if a victim drake. Right, I mean, if you're like, yeah. oh, I've got to throw like, I don't I don't know what would be this, but like some like 30 point model into that and it can't do anything else, like that might not be worth, unless yeah, yeah. but I... if you're just like, oh, I got like a random shot that's not doing anything else, like
3: yeah, or like yeah. if you
0: have like a caster with Scourge or something, and I've had plenty of times where I have a caster with Scourge and I'm like, well, I don't Need my focus that much, or spells like that? I don't need my focus that much this turn. Maybe I'll just like arc that into their caster, and if they fall down, hey, I might just win. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I've definitely had those come up.
1: And, and the thing is, like the the more points of return that you can build into your assassination run when you're going for it, the better, um, yes. because th- that means that you have alternative plans and that you can still do things with your turn that are productive. Even if your assassination run doesn't work. And it's important to like stick to those things. Like say to yourself before you go in, Alright, if this doesn't work, we're switching plans. I'm not just gonna mm-hmm. blindly go for this. Right.
2: Um, Don't which, throw good many after bad.
1: Yeah, exactly. Don't throw terrible ideas. Like, and the thing is like the, the following steps in the assassination run after that important like knockdown effect or whatever, tend to suck if they haven't been knocked down. Mm-hmm. Like, you've, you've probably um, misallocated at that point, because you weren't <laughs> counting on
2: boosting the hit, or yeah. something like that. And, interestingly, it's important to do the opposite. Um, to know when assassination is your only out, mm-hmm. and even if it's unlikely, um, how to go for it in such a way where you, it's still possible to win. So, yep. like, if you're in a really bad situation, and, like, you get a heavy on their warlock, and the warlock has three transfers, it's like, well, I only have four attacks, so I'm not allowed to boost these. They all I have to live in a universe yeah, where they all hit.
0: I have fought that a ton of times where somebody's like, oh, "I'm on the Hail Mary. I've got four attacks into your like two camp caster," and you're like, "Uh, it's hard to hit, so I'm going to boost twice." And you're like, "Well, now you mathematically cannot kill me." Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like, yeah. So um, let's talk about uh, when you are in that place uh, when assassination is your only out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most obvious one for me is uh, turn seven now. If you're going to not have as many points as your opponent, and it's turn seven, and you're just like, "Well, what can I do?"
2: Mm-hmm. Um, um, definitely the hardest part of this is preserving enough pieces in enough important places that you can still have that out.
3: Yeah, this is the
0: part of the, this is the part of the game where you learn about those shitty nukes on your casters card that you never cast. <laughs> 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 <Yep>. <laughs>
3: It's like oh, oh he neat. has a That's hand range 10.
1: yeah something like that like, yeah. oh neat uh, oh, this,
0: the, i don't know it's only power 11 but eh. the,
1: the <laughs> amount of times that like games with haley 3 and Mark 2 t- for me came down to like well i've got grandma haley and i've got a hand cannon from prime haley let's do this <laughs> was was a lot actually um but yeah, yeah you need to yeah you need to evaluate what you do have and i mean so here's the thing, like, if it's turn 7 and you're going to lose no matter what, try it anyway. It might work. Maybe it'll kill their beast, and they'll have to eat the blowback if you roll triple sixes, and they'll die. <clears throat> right? Like, it's like, possible.
2: Yeah, like, we, we were joking about never take a 20% assassination, but that's better than a 100% chance of losing.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, which we've said before, and I'm sure we'll say again, because it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so th- turn 7 is a good one, um. If you're going to lose on scenario, uh, like, for example, if you are down two or three on a live scenario and you can't contest their flag, so they're going to go up by another one and they'll be up four, and then they're just going to get another point for free, that's another time to go for it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I still blows my mind the number of times in tournaments. I'm just like, all right, the solo's on this flag. It's your turn. I go to three, and they're like... All right, well, I uh, don't contest. And I'm like, all right. So I, I just. around for I, I, a while. Yeah. Okay, I end uh, my
0: turn. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like, all right, I went to four, <laughs> and now I just end my turn to go to five. And they're like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. So, so, so what? recognize that.
3: So,
2: I think I've, I've noticed in, in the conversation that there's a lot of pre turn thinking that is automatic for us. That yes. you need to make you need to habitualize if it isn't already. You need to be able to say, what are the odds of me winning on tradition? What are the odds of me winning on scenario? If it continues this exact same way, will I win on <laughs> scenario or will I lose? And then yeah. you have to be able to calculate do I have a likelihood of assassination? Or do I have to make a a, a desperate play for attrition?
1: Yeah. And, and these like these calculations don't have to be precise. They don't even have to be like perfect. They just have to be sort of in the ballpark. And
3: um, they have to be
2: quick.
1: They have to be very quick. Yeah. Um, I oftentimes am
2: pulling
1: so like out... I, I, want you, I
2: want you to spend the 10 minutes when you're first visualizing it um, so that you get it accurate um, and make sure that you're checking your math and all that. But like, if you spend 10 minutes a turn before you even move a model, you're, you're never going
3: <laughs> to Yeah. Uh,
1: the other thing that I, I do fairly often is I pull out my phone on my opponent's turn and I start using Odds Machine to calculate stuff. So And, and then if I have a piece of paper or something handy, I will actually write numbers down. Because it's like, all right, percentage of this happening, blah blah blah, write it down. Percentage of this happening, blah blah blah, write it down. And then on my turn, I've got this nice little checklist of things that I'm like, all right, which of these is the most likely? Which of them has the biggest game impact? And I don't have to do any work on my turn. I can just make decisions. Um, That's
2: very smart. <laughs> That's a lot of work. To...
1: <laughs> it is a lot of work. And usually, what ends up <clears throat> happening is I just sort of like, ru- like type it into my phone, or I take screenshots, and then I like scroll through them as I'm pulling in Fury or whatever,
2: and then I go take the turn. Personally, I recommend living your life in such a way that you enjoy math and find that fun. I think that gives you competitive advantage. In <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: uh, I bl- hate math, but I like war machine <laughs> math. I don't know why.
1: <laughs> uh, I blame my parents. They've been <laughs> tricking me into learning ever since I was, like, one. So...
2: The difference between brainwashing and parenting is just marketing.
1: I
0: I blame my parents' opposite reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Reasonable. Uh, uh, um, So, I have a topic I want to talk about, but I want it to be the last thing. So, let's talk about (laughs) preventing an assassination. Because if you don't do that, you lose. That's
1: true. (laughs) That's true. There are several axioms uh, of this game. Uh, one of them is that the safest way to keep something alive is to keep it really far away from your opponent.
0: If if they don't have range to it, they can't hit it.
1: Yes, and if they can't hit it, they can roll dice to damage it. And if they don't get to roll dice to damage it, they cannot kill it.
0: Yeah, a lot of people have said this in the past, distance is the best defensive tech you have. Yep. Um, now... Some casters are designed where if they are far back, they are not doing anything. Mm -hmm. But if it's just a case of staying alive, remember the, like your caster getting to do something and dying doesn't help you. Yeah. So that's easy to forget sometimes with like mid and frontline casters. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because people just go, like, well, they have to be up there to do stuff, though. And it's like, yeah, but you're dead. Yep. <laughs> so you just lose if you do that. Like, I understand. But that's that, actually like, one of the
2: strengths of the strong assassination lists is that they can take your opponent's caster off the table.
0: Yeah. They, and whereas this,
2: they're not allowed to work.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, some people, and this it, it's kind of feeds a little bit into what I want to talk about near the end, but some, some lists are designed very, very much around assassination. But in a lot of ways, that design helps them with attrition by just taking casters out of the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, that does happen occasionally. The problem is, is that that's tends to be weaker against certain kind of casters that can hang way back and have like a million arc nodes or something and just do whatever they want to do. But, um, it does force, especially certain kinds of casters just can't, can't do their job. Um, especially there's a lot of feats that really want you to be like kind of up there, you know, like mm-hmm. take like, take like Magnus, right? If you actually have a list that can threaten him at range, like in a major way, um, it's really hard for him to do a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he's kind of having to just hang back and hope his feet is good later. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, there's a lot of strength to
1: that. That brings it to the second axiom of keeping your caster alive, which is, if they can't see you, they can't shoot you, or charge you, or yes. do anything most except of, for electro-leap time. into you.
0: Unless they ignore those things.
1: Unless they ignore <laughs> <Yeah>. those things.
0: <laughs> unless which... they... Unless... They can't see you, but they can shoot you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or 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 charge you, or whatever. But yeah. um, yeah. Then so that's a that's a case of terrain, which a lot of people are still slowly slowly getting on board with this. This is SR twenty seventeen. Look at the terrain rules that are in it. Use them. Yeah, and don't use the minimum size terrain it says all the time too, because it's like yeah. four to seven inches, I think.
1: Four to six.
0: Four to six. Yeah. Like. A, like seven pieces of four inch terrain versus seven pieces of six inch terrain is a very different amount of terrain.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it, it's noticeable. And, um, if you're playing in a very kind of, especially older, like the way we used to do terrain, um, in earlier SRs and whatnot, if you're playing like that, assassination lists and gun lines are so strong, mm-hmm. like so strong. So just pay attention to that. And then, yeah, when you do have good, like good terrain, Trenches are great, but what's even better is just a building. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If you need to stay alive, like, in most cases, a building will keep you alive better than just about anything. Or an obstruction.
1: And and then the next best thing is to park, like, large, hard-to-kill things in front of your caster. Assuming they don't have anything to slam them into your caster. Um, That's why you bring champions of the wall. Can't be knocked (laughs) down, can't be moved by slams. Uh, Accurate, yes. (laughs) But... uh, so, you'll you will see a lot of the time at, at higher levels of play uh, a case where a player is just like using their heavies for absolutely nothing except for screening their caster the whole game, and it's like, well, you're playing two heavies down, and it's also like, yeah, I'm not dying this but turn. I'm also not dying, right? Um, uh, it's true. Another
0: one I always think about, and and this is a lot of people think about this one, but. Many, many, many assassination runs start by knocking your caster down.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's like because, like, not everything, not every list can make your caster stationary or shadow bind them or blind them or whatever. But most, like, every list really starts with some kind of cool tool on the table that can knock things down.
1: Yep, it's a slam, it's a throw, it's a headbutt, it's uh, whatever. Yeah, um, that's that's one of the ways that you can tell if somebody's like in that higher level of players if they're starting an assassination run and their beast walks up to you and headbutts you like if, yeah, if a person walks up to me and their beast starts wailing on my caster I'm like okay if a person walks up to me and their beast headbutts my caster I'm like I am so dead now it's probably over yeah. that's
0: how I lost Morvana 1 to a Necrosurgeon
1: <laughs> yes I remember <laughs> that, that game
0: that felt good Death Ripper pops out, slams her in the face <laughs> no um Yeah, and so that's why steady or steady effects on casters is really highly valued. Mm -hmm. Um, It's why the book, The Covenant of Menoth, drives people nuts, because it's one of the best defensive tech models you can take for a caster in the game. Um, Steady innately on your caster, obviously. Always wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, Any kind of just anti-knockdown you can have. There are jacks that can keep you standing. There are various solos and things like that. Um, It's always a really, really useful tool. Uh, Everybody loves that. That's Aside from the, like, assured, you can't see me or I'm too far away type stuff, as far as just straight up tech, steady is, I think, one of the first ones that that you'll generally end up reaching for, if you have that option. Not everybody does, but...
1: But a lot of factions do. Yes. Um, and then, so, if you you can't block line of sight to your caster, and you can't, and your caster isn't steady, or whatever, um, weirdly enough, it's usually better to not have any of your models anywhere near your caster. Um...
0: Yeah, that that one's a little bit you kind of have to know when that's the thing to do. But um, there are definitely times when if you're fighting, like, perk two models in front of your caster against some factions. Don't do it against, like, Ron or Nemo 3 or anything like that. You just want a gigantic swath of nothing around your caster if you can (laughs) Yeah, most of the time.
1: Um, The reason for this is that a lot of the time... Uh, enemy models have ways to either uh, generate attacks or damaging effects off of models to close-by models, or um, they can throw your models into your models. Uh, Because you can't power attack your own stuff anymore. So they'll be like, ah, is this thing within my model's throwing distance of your caster? And if the answer is yes, they'll be like, alright, watch me throw this in a straight line that doesn't deviate and uh, knock your caster down. Um, So... Sometimes it's better to have your caster completely away from your own models. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: There's a lot of things that are fairly obvious, Tech, like, you, can you put stealth on your caster? That's always very helpful. Can yep. you put uh, tough? It's not really reliable, usually, but it's something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there, there's lots of little little bits of...
2: Um, I think a problem. modern thing is knowing when to use the center line of sight blocking piece of terrain. Yes. Uh, like, sometimes a building, it means your caster is invulnerable. Sometimes it means they cast ghostly and kill your caster super easily.
0: Yeah, I actually, with Thyra, um, especially forests in the center, and especially clouds, but um, any of those like soft line-of-sight blocking that you can move through, um, I, a lot of people get very uncautious around <laughs> those and think they can move right up to them and the amount of times I've caught Blood of Martyrs, like, just charged him right through a cloud or a forest because he teleports four inches before he activates, um, and just killed a caster, like, it happens a lot. way more often than I would think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of silly. Um, so, note if they have something that's just going to get to you. Oftentimes, especially models with two-inch melee, can usually reach a lot further through a forest than you think, even if they're very slow without Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Um they they'll go just a little further than you might think if you don't like actually measure it out and and put that into your head. So know when to use it, but don't get cocky around it. Mm-hmm. I've, I've definitely won a lot of games
1: that way. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So there there are a lot of ways to prevent assassination runs. Uh, they are as varied as the ways to kill casters are and it's really difficult to talk about all of them but that's i think the vast majority of the ways that people will go about doing it yeah Mm
0: -hmm. so i think we want to get near the end of this but i want to bring up the thing i wanted to talk about oh yes so we mentioned at the start that generally speaking we don't play for assassination that hard right yep Mm -hmm. why is that
2: So it,
0: <laughs> what, why talk are about, we attrition players?
2: <laughs> we talk about the percentages of assassinations, right? Yep. Even the best assassinations are like a ninety percent, ninety-five percent scenario. If like a, a scenario win that doesn't rely on attacking at all is a one hundred percent. And if your if your goal is to win a tournament, um, having your game come down to even like sixty, seventy percent you have to hit six of those in a row, it's just never going to happen.
0: Yeah. Um, the the thing with me, too, is, especially, like, when you're looking at something that's like, oh, this is, like, an 85%er, right, which feels pretty good, but if you have a really easy attack right at the start or something that rolls, like, a Snake Eyes or whatever, or something even, like, halfway through that had to be halfway through that's important that rolls abnormally low, it can immediately shift that percentage Yeah. Um, quite a bit. In an
2: in an like, unrecoverable way.
0: In an unrecoverable way, and so assassination runs tend to be tend to be not always, but tend to be a very small number of dice in comparison to a whole game, mm-hmm. and so even when those odds look really good, dice are swingy by their nature.
1: Yeah,
0: an attrition game, you know what your stuff does, you should know what your opponent's stuff does, and you should have your plan, and you're going to roll a lot of dice that should come out more or less average because yeah. you're, you're going to roll a lot of stuff. So you're able to rely, this isn't always the case, sometimes you just get, it happens, getting dice does happen, but um, you're able to rely on your dice a lot more over the course of a slightly longer attrition game than over, like, these eight rolls or whatever determine if I win the game on your caster.
1: Yeah. Um, For me, it's actually because I really hate We talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but warcasters have good defense and they have good armor, usually both. Um, Whereas if you're going for an attrition game and you're going into heavies or you're going into infantry, you usually only have to hit good defense or good armor. Um, And it's way, way easier to, to do one of those two things consistently than it is to do both of them, and it just feels a lot safer to me, which is why I do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like I have a lot of like tactical reasons I do say, but what it really comes down to, like to my heart, is I like watching all your models pile up on the side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like attrition games. I just like playing that way. But it also, it generally, if you're a, you know, especially if you're, like, the, the other thing is, is there's ups and downs to that. It gives you a lot more room to make mistakes, too, over the course of an attrition game, but it also means that those
1: mistakes are smaller in the moment that they appear. And it gives your opponent uh, more time to make his mistakes as
2: well. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, uh, I'm a control player from Magic, so yeah. I like to be making all the decisions and see the hope die in my opponent's eyes. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, just,
0: I like when I like that moment where you can see their final like spark of spirit just blink out. That's, I mean, that's, that's really what we're here for. Right? In, in
1: Brett and I's game at Elvio. That was like when we deployed for me.
3: It's just like uh. well, it's
0: like I I've and I've talked to people about this because I I talk about people with like spam lists and things like that a lot. And you know, I've I've definitely played against like my fair share of like nine thousand Doom Reavers and things like that. And honestly, I love fighting lists like that yep. because I just like watching all the dudes go over to the side. You know, yeah. as you're just shaving off more and more and more of them, and you're just like, yeah, look at all those. I killed <laughs> all those. You know, it just...
2: They're just relying on math.
0: Yeah, it, right. And, like, it, it just feels good. Like, I'm always, I i enjoy that process. part of what I like about, about the game. Because, I, um, I don't know, with some other games, it's very, like... It's either... <laughs> take, like, Infinity, there's not a lot of models.
1: <laughs> there's, like, six...
0: Right. But, well, I mean, it's, yeah. Usually, it's like kind
2: of like 10, yeah, to, ten to twenty. 10 to well, 10 to only 10 six 20. that are ever gonna activate. Yeah, n- not you really. You mean two?
3: Um,
0: well, see, <laughs> I play military orders where every guy is important. Yeah. <laughs> um, except for the fusilier that I have hiding in a building.
3: Um,
0: <laughs> he, he's for hacking. So. Uh, yeah, and and uh, and then kind of the the opposite end of that is some of the, like Games Workshop type like just mass army type games where like. Removing a lot of them doesn't feel as good to me, because it wasn't as, like... I didn't kill each one of those models. I just rolled a lot of dice at them, and he kind of just picked up whatever ones he wanted, you know?
1: It's true. Um, War Machine is much more visceral. Look. It's like, I every, killed every model guy. on the side of the
0: table, I'm like, I shot that guy in the face with that guy. You know, yeah. like, it feels very, like, I don't know. I've, I've always liked the feeling of that. Um, so I, I I just enjoy attrition. I really yeah. do. But I also like consistency, and that's kind of what attrition gives, is, is the ability to kind of maintain... Sort of a, a, a consistency, most of the time. Most of the time. Like I said, dice happen. Um, I have definitely, lately especially, I have definitely had games where dice were just like, I don't know what's happening here, but I seem to have averaged <laughs> out a four uh,
3: <laughs>
0: this entire game, and my opponent averaged a fifteen on two dice. It's incredible. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's impressive. Uh, but yeah, that's. I, I think we we all and and you'll you'll find that I think most of the time. Especially as you go higher and higher up, like the skill levels, when you start looking at people in in tournament play and people are doing really well in tournament play, um, you don't see a lot of just like "whoops, I assassinated you" kind of stuff. It happens, but most games do play out pretty pretty consistently. Unless and,
1: you're and, Tom Guan, which <laughs> <dead> <laughs> on there, turn are, two. there
0: are there are a few there are a few weird ones who have just got by forever, like somehow just like "yeah, I killed you, caster." You're like, oh. Ah, <laughs> like, just over and over again like that does happen but um and to be honest it happened more in the past i see it a lot less
1: now yeah pre-measurement uh, changed a lot
0: yeah pre-measurement didn't the way that this is kind of an interesting thing about um the way I'm kind of wandering topics a little but the way that sr 2017 works in that it forces you to spread out a lot um that also tends to mean that mean that your assassination tools are able to focus a lot less
1: in one spot um
0: yeah, I, I yeah. found that a lot, actually, because I'm like, wow, well, if this was like, you know, 2015 destruction, all of my stuff for killing your caster would be right in the middle of the table right now. But no, it's spread out across like, you know, a solid like 25 inches of the table because I needed to cover all this stuff. So it's part of why the new scenarios are really good, to be honest, for the most part. Um, SR 2017 is lots of fun. You get to use the whole table. Okay. You actually get that and feeling of like a battle where there's lots of little
2: skirmishes going on. Yes, I like it. It's good. Okay. It's good. Last, thing I want to say about assassination. Uh, if you're playing Crucible Guard from CID Week One or Two, just ignore everything. I uh, everything we said for the last hour. Uh, they ignore <laughs> everything. Every time. Mm-hmm. Distance, intervening models, camp. Armor, defense, none of the
0: matters. The, uh, the the civil war is that I don't believe Christmas can assassinate anyone ever. No, that's not <laughs> <laughs> they're literally civil incapable war. of it. Just completely incapable of it. No, it's yeah. Um yeah, they're good at they're good at killing casters. <laughs> so far. So we'll see. That's part of why I'm uh planning on playing a whole lot of stormtroopers right because Yeah. Because, in like honestly, it's not I'm not like I need to get them nerfed. We need reports on this stuff. If, yeah. if this stuff is doing extremely well and just killing casters all the time, like put those reports down. Make sure we know what's going on. We want a good balanced faction. We don't want to be like the Nemo three faction. <laughs> um, yeah, now, I mean, like t- so. I if, mean, whether like I'm convinced of if that's the case or not yet is a different story. But I do agree. Like, it's they're very
2: good at it. Like, like if if hail Hydra happened, like the game would shatter. And, you know, like pow thirties coming across the table. Yeah,
0: basically. Well, and you know, eventually Jaden's just gonna Yoko Ono oh, this cast too and move on, build <laughs> hydra his way over to Muse. It,
1: is that what I'm doing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Does don't know. Muse even exist anymore?
0: I'm uh, just amused by the idea that we just continually start casts and then blame you for them failing. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm
1: uh, I'm happy to take that fall for you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> for some reason, apparently that's what happened.
1: <laughs> it's um, true. Uh, I uh, for the about. For, for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, um, every single time the ley line gets brought up on the Circle Facebook page, um, somebody inevitably says something like, The cast uh, decided to disband after Jaden broke them up and started Line of Sight. And it's like, <laughs> That is not what happened. <laughs> that is not how that occurred at all.
2: But, uh, it, <laughs> but it makes me laugh every time. That time didn't
0: it makes me laugh every time, and I
1: always clip it and send it to cuz It's so funny to me. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, full disclosure, I was on the ley line a grand total of twice, I think. Well, yes. right, it was, you, you showed up in a couple episodes of late episodes, too. and then were yeah, you,
0: you popped into a couple of late episodes, and then the cast dissolved. Yep. <laughs> it was like, must have been that Jane guy. That was the only thing that changed. <laughs> anyway... Clearly, we have, clearly we're done. Yep. Right. <laughs> clearly we are done. <laughs> uh, so I want to give a big thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. You guys have been super awesome. I'm hoping to make it to Rocky Mountain Rumble this year, and if I do, it'll only be off the back of uh, how much help you guys have given us.
1: But well, you should give come you to, to Seattle those. Open instead.
0: Yeah. Uh, honestly, the <laughs> only reason that I'm probably prioritizing Rocky Mountain is there's so many Utahns heading to Colorado. No, that's so it's like really easy for me to like piggyback on that. Although I might look for a flight because random flights to Denver are randomly very cheap. It's true. Okay. The fair fun enough. thing about Denver is it connects through so many places. You can often get a flight somewhere else. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just
2: that's cheaper and definitely doesn't it doesn't promote that illegal behavior, even though it works.
1: It does work. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what you guys are talking about but now I'm very curious. Uh, I'll explain it later. Okay. Right. Uh,
0: a big thanks to Broken Egg Games for their support. They've been a super awesome sponsor for the cast. and has been super sweet. Uh, we're still uh, sometimes working with Adam on uh, getting the new uh, say, merchandise figured out. It's been slow. There's a lot of stuff going on so we've been like... I'm trying... getting married in
1: three weeks. Give me a break. I know.
0: We're trying to get all the all the... We've got a lot of eggs flying out of baskets right now so we're just trying to get everything sort of together, but, uh, if you do want to go over to Broken Egg store and get all their sweet, uh, officially licensed Private Press stuff, which looks gorgeous, uh, you can use the code LOS5CODE for 5% off on their store. You can go to our website, which is LOSWarmachine.com, you can see all of our posts about everything, the cast goes on there, all of our articles go on there, we've got a couple of new writers popping up on there real quick here,
1: um... All of the memes about excited. the line-of-sight civil war will pop up on there.
0: <laughs>
3: Good. uh yes,
0: <laughs> Um, you can also find us on uh, Twitter at los underscore chandler, at los underscore jaden, or at Obsessed underscore ll. Uh, you can email us at uh, loswarmahordes at gmail dot com. You can find us on Facebook. It's just a podcast or radio or whatever page, uh, which is line of sight. And if you like that, you'll see all of our stuff when we post. Yeah, it I think
2: all, all three of us there. personally posted there recently, so you can direct message us from there. Mm -hmm. it's
0: true Uh, and speaking of that you can message any of us on facebook which we're usually pretty good about chatting with whoever i always feel bad when because facebook is so bad about message requests um i've had times i open it and go like "Ah, i had a fan message from
1: two weeks ago ago. (laughs) i'm an asshole yeah yeah Um, (laughs) it's it's still better than messenger or than a page manager on mobile oh my
0: god mobile page manager is the absolute worst it's a nightmare um yeah, the other thing is, if it does say that I accepted and saw your message and I still don't respond, don't take that personally either. It means I was busy right then and then promptly forgot. That doesn't have anything to do with, like, me not caring about what you said. I forget everything. <laughs> so, it's, it's true. I, I am in a constant state of forgetting every aspect of my life. So, uh, it happens. Just message me again. You're never bugging me. Like, I, I'm... That Unless is also I tell true. you are bugging me, but generally speaking, that doesn't ever happen. Um, <laughs> so yeah, shoot us a message. It'll be good. Say hi. Whatever you want. And we're going to get out of
1: here. All
3: right. All right. See you next week. All right. Bye-bye. <sighs>